Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Sherpa Way Marketing. Are you a business looking to gain greater visibility online through search engine optimized content? Maybe you need effective ad campaigns to kickstart or bolster traffic to your website. Sherpa Way Marketing has seasoned experts that are bilingual in English and Spanish. Let them take the guesswork away and enhance your brand positioning with their comprehensive marketing services. Go to SherpaWayMarketing.com. That's S-H-E-R-P-A-W-A-Y marketing.com to schedule your free 45-minute consultation today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm so happy to be here today. It's just one of those days where it's nice to take a pause and have a meaningful, purposeful conversation and also share some wisdom with the world. And that's just the beauty of having incredible guests like the guest that I have today. Her name is Jessie Asya Kanzer, and she is talking to me today from New York. So she's on the other side of the United States, but we're going to get into her book and also uh, practice and part of her life that's been so life-changing that I hope you can learn something from today if you haven't already learned about this subject matter. Um, so Jesse's the author of a book called Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Ching. So that might be something you need to also look up more more details on, but we'll talk a little bit about it today. Um, she's the descendant of Holocaust survivors, so she's had a very rich history in terms of her journey coming here to the United States. Uh, her family actually sought asylum and made it through a journey that she'll talk about because I don't want to steal her, her details, but it was in 1989 that they landed in Brooklyn. Uh, and then on top of the journey, she spoke Russian and you know, I had to had to do quite a bit of learning to integrate to America and pursued her dreams of the entertainment industry and act acting. And when that fell short, she discovered Tao Te Ching, and that was really one of the most magnificent, life changing influences in her journey. So, Jesse, thank you for being here today. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to connect with me. Oh, thank you so much. And you know, the truth is I stick true to what I write about and I keep my schedule semi-busy, not too busy. <laughs> That's amazing. I think we can learn from you because one of the things that, uh, you know, a, a recent episode that I, that I did, I met with uh, someone who focuses on happiness and part of what she talked about was particularly in American society, and that might be true for other, other countries as well, is the, the, this concept of overwork and working to the point of burnout. And there's other places it shows that when you have better harmony with all the other dimensions of your life, you actually are happier and happiness doesn't equate to working more. Um, so I think we can learn from being still. <laughs> it's interesting that you said um, you had someone who, who studies happiness because I, I too am very fascinated uh, by positive psychologists who dedicate their lives to how do we help people find lasting happiness. So not just, sure, we have antidepressants and, you know, mm -hmm. hand up for somebody who has taken them many times throughout her life for different reasons. But there's also, and we all, you know, we all have our goals and we're all striving, but 
there are all these underlying things that we can do on a regular basis to create lasting happiness in our lives. And funny enough, they have nothing to do with all of these big goals. And some of them have been proven to work even better than antidepressants. So, you know, for me, it's in conjunction with, but my point is there's all of these quote unquote natural remedies, natural solutions, like getting more rest, like getting better sleep, which I'm guilty of messing up all the time myself and exercising regularly and, you know, having meaningful relationships, meaningful conversations versus the um, chatty, like, how's the weather? How are you doing good? And moving on, you know, the small talk that we busy ourselves with throughout much Mm -hmm. of our, I I would say that's a uniquely, as someone who comes from a different culture, I think it's a uniquely American phenomenon. (laughs) This, I mean, nobody has mastered small talk like Americans. So much. I mean, mean, you, you probably know the weather in in every country talking to people on zoom because that's like the first question for whatever reason that seems appropriate to talk about (laughs) exactly and uh you know i I was just looking for the title because i forget i had 47 chapters in this book i forget the title myself of each chapter i believe it was it's about the hedonic treadmill so the hedonic treadmill you you know of it and for those who don't it's this the fact that we return to our status quo of happiness regardless of our big win, whatever that is, that big goal we achieved, the promotion, the extra money, the whatever it is that we, that we are living most of our lives chasing. When we get yeah. that thing, it's a momentary versus the lasting happiness. So mm-hmm. yeah, taking care of yourself. Don't just sit there, do nothing. <laughs> it's a, it's, um, it's something I had to learn as well. Um, as you said, I had a long journey, uh, which is fine because all of life is a journey, but I had a long yeah. journey to becoming this, as I say in my book, and don't just say there's nothing. I'm, I haven't always been a happy person, though I used to play one on TV. What I mean, <laughs> and not just because I was an actress, but what I mean is I was a really good people pleaser. Like I was really good at portraying myself in a way that would make others feel good. And you know what? I still do that today because that is who I want to be in my essence. It's it's just natural to me. I'm an extrovert. I love people. But there was a whole long journey taking me from being that people pleaser to an authentically joyous person who brings my joy to interactions with others rather than playing the joy. Yeah. And I, I, I can relate to you so much because I am that as well, a people pleaser, and and I've had to do so much work, and I'm still doing work, and so that that's the thing. I don't I don't feel personally like I've arrived. So this is such a great opportunity for me to learn too. But I'd love to start with, what was it like for you coming to this country? Didn't speak the language. You came with a dream. You came from circumstances that were difficult. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. I just want to say one thing, uh, you know, because you said you're not, you don't feel like you're there, but I don't, I honestly believe that none of us ever get there in this lifetime and this physical space, because I always say like, there's no there to get to. I, and I, I, a little bit different that way from a lot of people in the personal development, self-help space, the spiritual world as well, maybe be, I mean, the spiritual, not so much because a lot of these teachings tell you that it's not, it's about the journey, but there's no like 10 steps to getting everything you want because the second you get what you want, you want something else. And so, yeah, that's actually brings me to my own story because any immigrant story comes from a dream, right? I mean, look, I was a child, right? But like my parents and tons of other people that show up in America every day come with a dream for a better life. And this dream shapes us for a really long time. And it's a beautiful thing. And for me, the challenge has been finding the contentment instead of always going towards that quote unquote dream. But yes, when we left now, I think we're all understanding what is the autocratic nature of Russia or at that time it was the Soviet Union. Uh, I lived in Latvia. My father's Ukrainian, my mom is from Latvia, but she was born in Siberia because her family was very oppressed and sent to these 
uh, camps, uh, Stalin camps, gulags are also known as, uh, for because that's what was done to people. It's a very suppressed country. It's a very suppressed part of the world. And if somebody says that you said something wrong, you get sent to Siberia. This is no joke. It sounds like like a, a you know an exaggeration, but it's not. And so I came from a really war torn people. My and my family also survived the Holocaust. Um, on I, I had a World War II hero grandfather. He led the Ukrainian front in World War II. And so I had, I, I was a, I come from a war-torn people. And of course it feels like a circular moment now um, watching what's going on, but I, I have really a lot of faith because I ha I've realized that it's a miracle I'm here at all. It's a miracle that my family did survive. Everyone in my family who survived was an exception to those who didn't. And here I am, you know? And so, yeah, it was very natural for them to dream of a be better life. They were survivors and they brought me here. The only problem for me was that I was a child. And as a child, I didn't know all of the stuff that I'm telling you now. I just knew that I had a home. Sure, it was not, you know, it was a communal apartment for a long time with like three other families and one bathtub and not, ve not very quote unquote nice by our standards, but who knows that as a child, as a child, I had my home, I had my stability, I had my friends, and then I didn't. And much of my life since has been finding my true identity. I write about it a lot. I write about it and don't just say there do nothing. I wrote lots of articles for New York times, Washington post, etc. all these big papers on identity as an immigrant, raising first-generation Americans. And eventually I got to a point where I realized, even though not everyone's an immigrant, the search, the struggle for your identity, your true authentic self is completely universal. I realized that we are all searching for that identity. And so my book was a way of sharing what I learned because I was put through these rather... Uh, I wouldn't even say difficult, I'll say challenging. We all have our difficulties and challenges, but challenging circumstances early on. And I had to recreate myself many times. You know, my name was Asya, I changed it to Jesse. Later, the loss of identity manifested itself as an eating disorder when I was a teenager and uh, anxiety, depression, panic attacks. And so really I was at a bottom when I had to find spiritual, philosophical, self-help, I needed help. And so I reached out for so much. I mean, I read any philosophy you name, I at least know a little bit of any self-help spiritual philosophy because I needed it. And what really rang true for me was the Eastern way of thinking so seamlessly captured in the Tao Te Ching. Uh, for those who don't know, because I know that we talked about the Tao Te Ching being, this being a learning opportunity for... Yeah this philosophy, right? Absolutely. So the Tao Te Ching, it translates as the book of the way. It comes from sixth century BC, China. It's been translated more times than any other book in the world, except for the Bible. So it's second only to the Bible. So that can give you a glimpse of its popularity in certain parts of the world during certain times. It translates as the book of the way, which I said, but the Tao itself is the way. And what it teaches us in these little simple verses, chapter by chapter, 81 chapters of little verses. This is my old, old copy that I'm holding right now. For those who can't see, it's my tattered 20-year-old copy of my first Tao Te Ching that I ever got because I have many different translations. You know, you can't write something without studying it in detail. Oh, I'm, yeah, you become a student, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. And so, but they're very short little verses in the Tao Te Ching that really get you thinking about what is this way, the way that it talks about. And what I've come to understand after studying it for decades is the way that we are led to through this book, through these teachings, it's a individual way. It's a different way for each of us. There's no one way of being. It is finding your way, which I love so much, which differentiates this so much for me from a religion, which usually religions give us this a way, right, a way, right? A way. Exactly. Thank you. Um, and a lot of honestly, a lot of self-help teachers do as well. Another 
kind of dogma. Um, and some of it is really great and true and it works for some people and not for others. And the beauty of the Tao is it explains to us that we each have a way that sits deep within us. We have a knowing, an inner guide, a connection to the higher realm, a higher self that lives within us. And when we're able to block out the noise, the external opinions, messages, then we can hear that inner voice that leads us to our own individual Tao. And that's mm -hmm. why I don't just sit there, do nothing. Of course, it's a play on words. There's no nothing. I mean, we're just vibrating molecules. We're always moving. We're always changing. We're energy. We're energy. That's right. We're in constant motion. But the whole point is creating space and stillness to get back in touch with ourselves. What was it like when you first practiced stillness? I, I believe, as I've seen people through practices like meditation and approach stillness for the first time, that it's difficult to be in silence with yourself, with your thoughts, with your feelings. And we've talked about, you know, and, and probably in the Eastern world, this could be a practice that's taught at a younger age, but in the American culture, and, and even for immigrants, I too come from an immigrant family, and your integration, life is busy. Yeah. Every moment is full of something. Uh, and, and silence and stillness is, um, it's a gift to me so much now. I think that I appreciate more than I did previously, but it's one of those things that when I've seen people approach that, it's almost like, what do I do? What do I do with this stillness? <laughs> you're so you're so right. And I, you know, pre-pandemic, I would see people. I haven't been back to classes yet. I know you can. I just, I, I haven't. But when I used to go to yoga classes or um, bar classes at the end, you know, for shavasana or for uh, breath work and bar, like so many people would get up and leave because they just hated that part. Yeah, they're like, it's so quiet. Yeah, I can't like what am I, I be with my thoughts like what you said. So, and as you said, it is really busy being in this immigrant world because again, the dream led us here. We're hustlers. We need to be hustlers. You have to work at it all the time. We're we're working our way up. We're making up for lost time. We're, you know, it's and not only are you bombarded with messages from one culture, you're bombarded with messages from multiple cultures, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So these cultures sometimes don't agree with each other. But on top of that, if you don't get quiet, you may not realize that you don't really 100% fit into any culture. I've always felt that, right? <laughs> that's right, that's why we're both here. I was like, I don't really fit into the Russian culture because that's really what it was. I, I mean, this like Soviet, Russian Jewish culture. I didn't, I, I didn't feel hundred percent comfortable there. I'll be honest. And I married an American and I live in an American town. I have my American kids, but I don't hundred percent fit into the standard American culture by any means. And honestly, if I would venture to say most of us don't neatly fit into anything, mm -hmm. but if we don't take that stillness, we don't even realize that. So for mm -hmm. me, I was so bad at being with my emotions that, you know, I was bulimic at the, at the young age of, it started when I was 14, almost 13, 14, my eating problem started. But at 14, when my bulimia really took hold, I, and I, you know, I want to alter the language, not my bulimia, bulimia, I'm being more mindful these days of what I say, that we take ownership of a lot of stuff that's not ours, but a eating disorder, bulimia is a disorder where you literally can't sit still with your emotions. When emotions and feelings and anxiety comes up, you binge and purge it. You mm -hmm. binge and purge your emotions. You're not still. And then you go to sleep. You know, it's was such the opposite of being still with myself that it wasn't a coincidence, in my opinion, that when I graduated college, I was a straight A student. I dressed the part. I looked like I got 
I had all my shit together, excuse my language, but inside I was really suffering. Well, as soon as I graduated college, I got into a major car crash. So I had a concussion, a really bad one, like not like one of those, you know, like a concussion that took months to get better from. And because I, you know, I'd lost consciousness, I, whatever, the whole thing, I, it was bad. But I had to be still. I wonder why I was sent on this journey where I, and I couldn't do anything. I had all these plans, all these um, interviews with big companies and, but I would fall asleep every, every hour and a half or so, because that's how the brain recovers. And so my first initial experience of stillness, it was almost making up time for the stillness I couldn't have for a long time. Like I would stay in bed long after I was awake and just stare at the trees. And I still do, I still do it really well. And sometimes I still have that guilt of that, that laziness guilt, because that's our society is really good at making us feel bad for- So bad. Right? Yeah. Like, Oh my it's, God. It's almost it. like stillness guilt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because stillness guilt. Like, yeah, like you're, you're supposed to be productive. Right? Like if you say, I didn't get anything done today, how does that feel? Does that feel good? You're like, oh, I mean, but it's how you say it. Like, I didn't do anything today. I did nothing today. You could yeah. say it like that. Right. I did. And it's, nothing and it's today. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, and I, I work in, in, in bouts. Like, sometimes my writing comes out at night. So I stayed up really late yesterday writing. So after I got my kids on the bus this morning, I got on my couch and, you know, I finished what I was writing and I lit my incense and I sat and watched it for a while and I dozed off a little and I woke back up and I meditated a little. And to me, that's how I, I live now. And I fight that voice. I still have to fight that voice because it's not mine. It's society's voice. I still have to fight that voice that says, you didn't do anything. You got to do more. Can't sleep this much. Can't, you know. So yeah. I've noticed, you asked me how this experience of stillness was. I would call it life-saving. I noticed that people get sick, man. People get sick and then they stop and they get take a rest. And I'm not even talking about the big illnesses that we're riddled with in our society. I'm saying like, I see how these busy moms that I, I'm surrounded with right now because I'm a mom of two and mm -hmm. I see how they operate and they burn themselves at both ends. Then they fall sick. Then they have to stay in bed for a while. They get better. They're back at it and they do the same thing. And so what I say is I take my breaks so that I don't get sick. I take my breaks. I don't need an excuse. I don't need to be like, I'm sick. So I have to stay in bed. If I feel like staying in bed today for a few hours, I'm doing it. And so that's why I would say it's a life-saving practice. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful statement because it's about fueling yourself with what you need when you need it, not based on a societal norm or some sort of standard that you're having to live into or live up to. And I think that that is the essence of the way that you're, that you're talking about, because part of the, uh, you know, catalyst for this podcast of Born Unbreakable was my, I say, be unapologetically you. And the reason it's unapologetic is because why should you apologize for who you are that's unique compared to the person next to you on the left or the right or the front or the back of you. There's all these unique nuances and characteristics and experiences and richness that make us such a genuine character on the earth, you know, in this world. And we spend so much time. There is an exorbitant amount of hours that are spent and, and, and television and movies and social media exacerbate this, pushing you to be like something else. Absolutely. The culture that we're in, you know, look this way, you know, and, and, and I, you know, we're both women, so we could speak from this perspective, but I do think that there's a lot of difficulty, I would argue even more than a guy, 
because there's just so, so much expectation. It's like with this makeup, with this clothing, with this body type, with- Oh, and moms. Don't forget like the difference between, you know, to be a good mom, the standards are like, Oh. Way up to be, well, and then you know, oh, you too. Why don't you look put together? Like you know, all of the things. together. <laughs> yeah. Being a good dad, literally, if you're just there, if you don't leave, yeah. if, you're, if you're present, like if you yeah. stayed in the house, if you take care of, of your kids, you're a good dad. That's it. Yeah. The bar is pretty low. And look, I'm grateful. My husband's a very good dad. It's it's all great. But I just notice how the world treats differently men and women in every aspect to be a good mom is 50 times as hard as to be a good dad mm-hmm. to be a good looking woman is 50 times as hard as to be especially as we age right so i'm 40 now the the midlife panic that i see amongst and look we all have moments of it i have moments of it and i i do the creams and i've done botox and i i mean you know, i'm not like i'm not perfect but i care i care much less trust me i care much less than other people i i don't sit in it we all have you know we have moments of doubt um especially as you said as women we have moments of the pressure building up and we, we feel that pressure but the key is not to stay there the key is to allow yourself the time the space whatever you need to hear yourself versus all of that messaging that tells you you're not enough. Yeah. Is I mean is that not one of the biggest things that plague our society? At some point in time we sit there and that's probably a moment of silence that we actually have the the one time is telling yourself you're not enough. For some reason whether it was you know from your childhood and there was something that you didn't accomplish and someone made a comment about that uh or if it was a peer um i mean it can come from so many directions of feeling like you're inadequate insufficient less than and like you need to do something else or something more to be a complete whole sufficient human being (laughs) you're absolutely right and for me the process of forgiveness for my own the people that hurt me when i was younger and and being other coming in as an immigrant was in the heels of the cold war i wasn't even so when i lived in the soviet union it said jew on my passport because that's how they identified people here i was dubbed russian right away even though i was born in latvia but i spoke russian and I was definitely made to feel less than for that. And I know that a lot of people who are not minorities, uh, people who are immigrants, people, different ethnicities, uh, people who are othered for whatever reason. And that list can go on and on. But anyone who's ever been othered gets from a very young age that message that you're not enough because of who you are, you're not enough. And it took me a really long time time to figure out that the people who made me feel that way didn't feel like enough themselves that when you feel like enough you don't you your love for yourself extends so naturally to other people and so we're all walking around broken people hurting making other broken people you know hurt people hurt people people yeah and but so, healed people can heal people. That's right. That's right. It took me such a long time to realize that, oh, well, they made me feel like not enough because they felt like not enough. It's a projection. That's it's a right. projection of their that's own. Right. And then you feel such, you feel really empathy for the people. You don't feel anger anymore. You understand that when you fill yourself up on your own wholeness and your own fullness and the Tao talks a lot about that when you realize nothing's lacking the whole world belongs to you and that's what, what happened an epiphany yeah what an epiphany when you that's can actually BC. so clearly human nature was human nature <laughs> yeah but there's there's it's a lens shift you know it's that's like right. when you go to the when you go to the eye doctor this happens yes. to me because my eyesight's not that great by the way oh. <laughs> 
Mine used to be perfect. I would, but at 40, <laughs> there's some, uh, there's age. It going starts on. to change a little bit. And you know, and you put that lens and they're like, number one or number two, yeah. number one or number two, yeah. right? And you know, and all of a sudden, when you can see clearly, oh my gosh, I can read the yeah. bottom row. I could, you know, maybe only read like two rows before that. You know, when you have a different lens on the world, it changes everything of how you, you your perspective, how you, how you look at things. What are some of the other things that you can talk about from the Tao that has been life-changing for you? Um, that's a great question and I will answer it in one second. I wanted to say it's so true what you said that the, so my book's called Don't Just Said There Do Nothing because the best title of the book of the Tao was already taken. <laughs> I, loved, <laughs> I loved the book by Wayne Dyer many years ago. He wrote a book called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Oh, yeah. And that's that lens you're talking about. The lens, you just, it's just a shift in perception. And so at the end of each of my chapters, I have um, a section called Do Your Tao. So people call them exercises, but the truth is they're shifts. They're not all, some of them have you do something or suggest, they're always suggestions. Maybe you write something, maybe, but a lot of them are just shifts in perception. It's just the shifts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a life changing shift when you realize that you can only give to the world what you have within yourself. And that every everything that you do out there, everything is a reflection of you. When you, you know, Wayne Dyer, who wrote Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, was this great spiritual teacher who has passed, but he was this teacher whose words still ring in my ear. And he used to say, a lot of people are just walking around looking for something to be mad at, looking for a reason to feel resentful. Mm -hmm. And boy, will the world give you reasons. So many. So the change in perception, and the Tao talks about this a lot as well, um, but the change in perception, another big one that I really want to share is nothing somebody else does is personal. And that one is really hard for people to accept sometimes. People who are dealing with relationship problems, people who are dealing with infidelity in marriage, but nothing that somebody else does to you is about you. Yeah, it's about them. And that, that you know, that is a lesson I've had to learn repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly. My favorite book is um, The Four Agreements by it. Don Miguel Ruiz. And one of the, one of the agreements is don't take, don't take things personally. That's right. That's and right. when you hear it, it sounds simple. Yet, right, when right. we think when we actually live our lives every day, we have difficulty with that. Whether it's a comment that someone making to you while they're driving and they are honking at you to get out yeah. of their way, yeah. or someone in the grocery store that's yelling at you for, you know, being in front of them in the line. I mean, it could be anything. And if you're a person who is a people pleaser yeah. <laughs> and someone who doesn't deal with conflict well, those things you take personally. <laughs> yes, and listen, even if you're not a people pleaser, you get angry. There's different yeah. types. You could be the type that takes a, that feels sad or bad about it, or why me, but I'm such a good person. Or you could be a person that gets angry and shouts back. And then before you yeah. know it, bad things happen. And you're absolutely <laughs> bad things. And you know what's so funny is I write exactly that. I said, look at people on the road and don't just sit there, do nothing. Look at how people, there's people who are, you know, so rude, so crazed, so in a hurry, but they're just enacting what's within them. But then I said, don't pay it. Don't focus on those because sure they exist. They exist within all of us. Let's be honest. We've all gotten pissed on the road. Those bad days. Yeah. Right. And I'm saying, look at the ones who gesture nicely to let you through, who stop and let you through. Look at the ones who just do something kind. And yes, those are harder to see when you're driving. You hear, you don't hear the hugs, but, but look for those. Because the other great thing that the Tao and this Eastern philosophy of perception, focusing on your perception has taught me, it's that what you look for, you will see. 
That is, it's magnificent how that works. You're like yellow slug bugs or yellow yes. cars. All yes. of a sudden, oh my gosh, there's a yellow car. And and you feel like it's it's magic out of nowhere, yeah. but it's it's a manifestation. Now all of a sudden, all day long, oh my gosh, I seen I seen five of them and I never see them before. It's not that you never see them. Yeah. You didn't want to pay attention to them, you didn't notice yeah. them. But it's, and our mind works like that. It really does. And so I'll get back to the Tao real quick because it's so I have a chapter called Manifestation, which you reminded me of. Because to be honest, when you ask me how what's been life changing about the Tao, like I've I had to write a whole book to capture it because it's a lot, but it's lovely to bring it into sim little simple things that people can use right now, like right now as you're driving. So I do have a chapter called Manifestation, which because I'm a spiritual dork, I changed it a little. Yeah, you you do that play on words so well, Jesse. That well, is you know, brilliant. they do call <laughs> me a writer. <laughs> Your creativity is just yeah. shining through. I, because you know what? I let my freak flag fly, as they say. Like, I don't, I don't. Fly it high, girl, fly it high. Right, exactly. Speaking of, I have another one like that, fly your freak flag uh, is a chapter. But but the, the truth is like, sure, I love to be a little dorky. I love to be, I love to be pleasing to myself now instead of pleasing to everybody else. And that's, that people like that. Not everybody. I laugh at myself all the time. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, totally. I, mean, I probably am the only one that thinks it, but that's okay because it puts me in a good mood. Exactly. And I'm sure somebody else likes it, even if they, even if they just think it's cute. <laughs> so in the chapter manifestation, I quote the Tao Te Ching. So each one, by the way, of my chapters, I, I like to think of it as like Tao Te Ching light. Like I, I, um, bring the Tao into my book. I start each chapter with a verse of the Tao. I don't include all of them. I include my favorite ones because some of them are repetitive, which I don't mind as a student of the Tao because I need it hammered in to me. It's really, really such an homage to you as a student That's savoring right. all of the, all of the lessons and putting it into your experience and how you want to emanate that back to the world. Thank you for saying that. That's such a beautiful summary of what I attempted to do, what, what my intention was here. And what I do encourage people when they read my book is I say, look at your life. Like I really put my life under a microscope here, but look at your life for you, the beauty, the beautiful thread that runs through your life. Look for that, find that, that this is an encouragement. It's not because my life is so special or so interesting, although I do find it very interesting. I think everyone's story is interesting. And so look for that thread and look for the lessons. Look for where we go, where you get it wrong is as important as where you get it right. Cause that's the lessons. That's if the- not, If not more. I, I, I think of the <laughs> times of devastation and despair and sorrow yeah. and pain and rumination. Yeah. And the biggest lessons have been born from those moments. That's why the bottoms are actually a beautiful place to be as well. And I wish I'd known that when I was at my bottom for like a decade, <laughs> but, but like, it's, it's, it's important to know that wherever you are in life, it's all good because we're not meant to live in a straight line or a trajectory that just goes up. It's up and down, but to get back to manifestation, mm -hmm. the Tao says, as I said, be content, rest in your own fullness. When you realize there's nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. And so what I had this realization, I kept looking at that line. I had the realization. I say, get it. You can only have what you desire when you realize it's not even lacking. So if there was one part, I just need to say this. Yeah, okay. Please, please. If there was one part of this podcast that you need to play as a mantra, every morning about a half a dozen times or so it's that you are full now yes in this moment you are not you are not in lack it's what you believe right a hundred percent and here's the thing we are always going to have desires that's part of being human but what the Tao and buddhism even what a lot of these eastern teachings tell us is to practice non-attachment that's what it's about. Not a, you can have a desire and not be attached to the outcome. That's yeah. the lion, lion, the, the 
tightrope that I'm learning to walk myself. And, and it's amazing because I want to come full circle where you started was with identity. And one of the things that we get caught up in, and I can't say it's just an American thing. I mean, obviously that's the, the lens that I see things from, but I've talked with people from all over the world and this, this sense of identity and attachment to things, you know, like your title, right? That's There's this chase for this title, this, this power, this uh, authority to, yeah. to be able to be seen as somebody important uh, or this, this material thing that's very expensive that took me so long to acquire, <laughs> whether it's a car or some other, That's you know, why I'm carrying you around like this. Look at my Louis. Yes. Look at bag. It's very yes. expensive. Um, but there's many things that we we you know just viciously chase after. And there is this this sense of attachment, but you you had said it earlier. The temporariness of it is it's it's so fleeting, you know. It's like it's so exciting for all of about an hour, and then that bag is in the closet. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah. You're absolutely right. We, it's all of those things do come together. It's non-attachment to the desires because your desires don't identify. They're not your identity, right? Like mm -hmm. we identify so much with uh, our goals. Our you know, I am an author. I was like, I've been saying this fifty times. I'm an author, but like. Yeah. Actually, well, but it's, it's so funny because when people, you know, when, uh, people ask you, and then of course it's very natural with time, you're going to acquire more achievements or more titles just, just because it's over time, you do more sure. stuff. So all of a sudden <laughs> you're an author and a mom and yeah. a business, an entrepreneur. I mean, you could say probably like 12 to 20 different things. Wife, I'm an immigrant. I'm right. a just keeps going. Yeah. And I, I found the more that I try to, to condense that into something my answer is i'm a student that that has that it's felt so authentic to to say i'm a student i am just a student of life i mean there's titles that are achieved along the way there's utility in it i think for different reasons but but i feel like what i am going to always be and and really own is is that but I don't know. I think, I don't know if that, you know, like. Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I even, I wrote in the book, but I say all the time, be a searcher, not a knower. I, I completely agree with you. And it's not just, I agree with you. The Tao from sixth century BC agrees with you. The Tao, the the Tao, Tao is in our energy right now. You it's know, true. I would, I would like to say, you know, when, and that maybe that's another thing for us to all think about as we're listening to this and reflecting on who we are and and being who we want to be is like I I want to say I'm an explorer I'm yeah. an adventurer you know yeah. those are those are exciting things that you can that those that's the kind of attachment that I would want to have is just exploring and having adventures and experiences and you're. You're so right on. And, and you know, the Tao always says the, the, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The way that can be named is not the eternal way. It says names must change with time and place. It's not like the title you call yourself is what defines you. That 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 is a thread that runs through the Tao a lot. It's, you can't define yourself with words, with titles, with things. You are undefinable. That's why being a searcher, being a student is a beautiful thing to be because you're forever learning who you are, who you really are. Yeah. And it's, it's endless. Yes. Who there, we it's, are. it's limitless. There's just, there's too much yeah. amazing, you know, history and information and in the world and places. You know, I mean, yes. imagine going to China and connecting yeah. with, you know, yeah. people who have been there and studied and yeah. did yeah. all this stuff. I mean, there's just so, so much more enriching things that you can do as you practice a study of something even. Yes. Deeper. And you can. And, and it's like you said, it's endless. It's endless. And the world now 
sometimes feels more open than ever. But also on that note, I wanna just offer a little reminder for the Dow before everyone gets so overwhelmed by all the places we need to go to and we haven't got anywhere. Yeah. The Dow says the master travels all day without ever leaving home. Wow. So don't ever feel like you need to know everything and learn everything and see everything because the real study, the real search can be done from anywhere. It could be done from your couch. It could be done. That's what the do nothing is about. It's reminding ourselves no matter what we search for out there and what we see and where we go to always come back to within the experience experience within us. I think it's amazing. And one of the, the beautiful things that, that I've found, especially through conversations like this, I don't know why the word savor is just like in my orbit today, but savoring these kinds of experiences, this type of connection and reflecting on it afterward, this is an example of presence and learning and being able to take something and expand, you know, your mind. And like we were talking about lenses, because in short order, you know, we can take an hour of time of talking and learning and it can, it can change everything going forward, you know, how you're able to walk in the world. And I mean, you know, even just this one thing of like what you said, if you are being intentional about looking for those good things, the people that are smiling at you, waving at you, holding the door open for you, you know, and not paying attention and spending so much time on the person that yelled because for every one of those person, there's five people who are kind and compassionate and connected. It changes your day, but it's a mindset shift of how you focus your attention and your energy because it can suck you in the negativity. And it's or you, everywhere. Right? The negativity is everywhere right now. But you know, it's, you're right, it's a challenge. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a discipline mm -hmm. uh, because so for me, it's become easier with people out there in the world because I always remember it's not personal. So I'm like, Oh, she must be having a bad day. I always tell myself, you don't know what she's dealing with outside of this post office <laughs> or whatever. You don't know, you don't know what she's dealt with, what she's dealing with. You don't know what has closed her off so much that she's, mm -hmm not nice to me but it has nothing to do with me so i don't ruminate on that because i know that i know that so i know that in my bones that what people bring to me has so much to do with their own struggles their own lives their own challenges that may be overwhelming for them and so mm -hmm. i don't take that personally it is harder for me not to get sucked into the negativity of what I see out there in the world in the news, right? Like my part of the world is not doing so well right now. Uh, so it's hard for me not to get sucked in. And I had some days where I was sucked in, but I realized that I'm no good to anyone. If my own energy falls and if I'm depressed and if I'm just so sad and angry mm -hmm. and that's where I live my life from, that's not my most that's not my optimal self. That's not the energy I want to bring to the world. So I've even changed that. And I started looking at the inspiration. I started looking at the inspiration and even the situation of a war, where can I find inspiration? Okay. And I've been really finding it in the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. I, I watch his videos, which are meant for, for his people to keep their morale up, but it yeah. keeps my morale up. Yeah. And I once filmed a movie with him, which interestingly enough, talk about synchronicities. He has a chapter in my book, My Zelensky, um, chapter 16, I call it, the chapters use it and then the subtitles, My Zelensky. And it's, you know, I did, I was an actress, a uh, mm. struggling actress on my way out, my way to quitting. He was a rising star in his way to becoming, you know, leader of the free world. Yeah. But it crossed paths for a second and I wrote about it before the war started and the book came out four days after the war began. And I was like, Oh, but it's, that? it's interesting. Right? Yeah. It's interesting that I've been watching him learning from him for a long time, but now we all are a dynamic person. 
and seeing his whole you know history and all of the experiences for him to to take that background and be such a dynamic leader you know what an what an incredible i mean do you think about that that well, you know the, the way <laughs> that your paths crossed and the influence that you had in that little time the influence he had on me for sure yeah. Yeah, like i i just um fo i followed him since he became president very closely because that's when i realized hey i was in a movie with this guy and yeah. back then he's an actor i'm a struggling actress with, yeah. you know shooting here but what caught my attention is the unlikely role and it's kind of what we talked about like he didn't stick to an identity yeah. he switched it up why can't we all switch it up like he was doing so well as this he was the number one actor comedian of his country why not stay mm -hmm. an actor comedian and ride that wave and maybe do some stuff in hollywood and it's just interesting it's interesting he is a really really fascinating person in my life now yeah i've been following that path of his and my point is he has become an inspiration for the entire world and I can be sucked into the tragedy of what's happening or I can be inspired by what him and other, there's a lot of brave people that have come out of there and watching the inspiration and following the inspiration is a much higher vibe place to be. And yeah. so that's choose to be oh my gosh that's beautiful what role did you play and what what was the movie that you were in the movie was called love in the big city uh it's a it's, it's a russian movie so it was love in the big city or no love in the city depending how you translated it yeah and um it was it starred three main actors vladimir Zelensky was one of them the interesting part is you know it was long ago but it was it was quite a while ago 2009 but the three main stars one was a ukrainian vladimir zelensky one was a russian star and one was uh, finland finlandian and all of those cultures did get along back then and it is you know it's a good reminder that the power of some crazy people the power of some autocrat the power of hate is temporary i really do believe that because the this world consisted and it was a russian film with russian producers they were like very bubbly they gave me champagne but my role was a girl in sports club number one to to answer your question so yeah very important role of girl in sports club number um, one yeah <laughs> that is very important well it was important for me it did end up being important for me and in fact the first art my first big article that i ever wrote was for the la times and it was i once filmed a movie with ukraine's new president um back then no one knew who he was but for me i was like I was in a movie with someone who became yeah. president. Oh, and and now your article is even more popular than it was when it first came out because people well, are like, you know, oh I've my written, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I've written like dozens since then is the truth. And I've and then I, you know, I reconnected with my own history because it didn't exist for me as a Soviet child. I was raised in a very like Soviet system and it's very propaganda based now we all know. And so my father's from Ukraine, as I had mentioned, and I really got more in touch with that whole side of things and mm -hmm. got more in touch with what my family actually overcame which was yet more inspiration to understand that as sad and tragic as things can be it's like what we talked about on the micro level our bottoms our hard times teach us the most well on the macro level even for a people for a country for the world the hard times are an opportunity for us to learn and to grow so much of an opportunity. So I want to ask you some questions, Jesse, for people to get to know you a little bit better. But before I jump into those, one of the most important things I want to ask is where people can get your book. Because now I think they've gotten some little good snippet <laughs> of, you know, some sayings, some inspiration, yeah. but your book has so much more to offer. This is like a little appetizer. Yes, I, I would love to share my book. I get excited every time, you know, someone will tag it on Instagram, someone who I don't know. It's nice when people I do know read it, but it's such a treat that someone has my book in their hands that I worked on, that I wrote, that I poured in some ways a lifetime into. And someone I don't know, and I've had some people not in this country who've read it, 
or are reading it and are experiencing it. For me, that's just a form of connection that's so beautiful. So my book is called Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Ching. It's available everywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your little bookstore, an in, or indie bookstores or it's online, it's bookshop.com. Uh, and all of that information is available on jessiecancer.com. J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R for those who are driving, jessiecancer.com. Oh, and before I forget to mention, I did the Audible version. So I voiced it, I narrated it. So that's an option if you prefer, if you're a commuter who loves podcasts. Oh my gosh. They like to listen to the audio version. Audible is literally my favorite thing. It just is my favorite thing. I can't even say enough about it. Well, because we, you know, we love podcasts, we love Audible, but Libro FM, if you prefer the indie platform, there's many ways you can. But yeah, I like, I I enjoyed voicing it and I enjoy listening to audiobooks myself. Yeah, that, you know, this is, this is, well, first, you know, just, this is just tremendous, Jesse. You, I mean, not only have you been a student, because I think that is so, such an important part of life, right? We're, yeah. we're taking things in, we're really working on ourselves and improving who we, who we are and how we walk in the world, but you're also a teacher. You're also a teacher because there's people who, who need this discovery. This could there be their first introduction and wanting to, to get closer and, and more confident in who they are and light up the world because that's, I, I think this is what happens when we're not living into the best essence of who we are. Our light is dim and yes. it needs to be bright. And, and, and you doing what you're doing is allowing that. And there's, and there's just so many ways that people can learn by, by buying the book and physically touching it. I like audible personally, but, um, there's, the, it, today, access to information is more than it's ever been before. So it's it's just awesome to be able to have something that you poured your heart into be available for other people to receive. So it, it is a beautiful. Thank you for saying that. It's a, and it's a beautiful circle of sorts. And by the way, on my website, there's also free resources if if you know I, if people need. Um, there's couple of chapters for free. There's bonus material. So, you know, I, I don't want money to ever be a barrier and it shouldn't be in this open era of information. Yes. Uh, but the truth is the delineation between teacher and student is also very arbitrary. Like the titles yeah. that we talk about. And the only kind of teacher I trust is one who is a student. Yes because no one person can know everything. So I'm a teacher and what I dedicated myself to, what, what ended up being becoming my passion. But I should also be, as I am a teacher, I should also be a student of those who have something to teach me. And that's why I believe the Dilly, we're all teachers, we're all students. Yeah, yeah. And I'll make sure those, uh, your website's in the show notes so people can read about you and also learn about your book and they can buy it wherever they is their favorite place to yeah. buy a book from. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, Target. There's a you can get it yeah. anywhere. Right. There's just so so many options. Target carries um, it. <clears throat> yeah. Jesse, what makes you unbreakable? Well, to quote the Tao, what is brittle is broken. What is flexible goes on. So I I am flexible physically. <laughs> I am. I was a gymnast in the Soviet Union, but I, I, I believe in stretching. That's a whole other thing. But um, I, I'm fl I remain flexible. Life sometimes throws us curveballs, and I believe that accepting what is and going from there is very important. So when my night gets ruined and hey i'm a mom of two that happens a lot <laughs> and when you know i just i try to go with it i don't give my energy away to fretting about what didn't go my way i try to remain flexible so that i am not breakable by circumstances outside myself that is such a great lesson to continue practicing all the time what about a self-limiting belief what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome Oh, I'm still working on it. Uh, Self-limiting belief. And I think a lot of it is from my culture of being an immigrant 
pragmatic or that's how we're we're brought up to have practical jobs etc practical make practical choices but a lot, you know it, it's a it's i wouldn't be the only one but my block is that you can't make money as a creative that you that mm -hmm. your your passions your creativity is not how you make a living that is a limiting belief that i'm still working on overcoming yeah you're you're not alone <laughs> you're not yeah. alone in that well yeah. what about a superpower something that you're really good at that you're proud of i say self-awareness is a superpower my self-awareness is a super i I'm always living in two places at once, um, even when I'm present. And I don't think it precludes my presence because it's the higher me that I'm talking about, the observer me. Mm -hmm. So even as I'm here talking to you, there's an observer me. And as mm -hmm. long as I can train that observer to not be judgy, to just observe, I keep the ego out of it. Well, that observer, you know, it informs me later. It lets me know when I was talking too much and not letting the other person talk. It lets me know it watches me so that when I come from a place of my pain body, my past hurts, not my higher self, it knows it. So my self-awareness has really become my superpower because it allows me to self-correct. And oh. sometimes I want to sit in my swamp. We, we, we all do. I'm human. Right? <laughs> but I got a boat, a paddle. Yeah. <laughs> paddle. Going in a circle in my swamp. <laughs> but that self-awareness allows me to pick myself back up because I know when I am yeah. just you know, I know what yeah. I'm doing. I know what my ego is doing and it allows me to get myself back up fast. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. What about a bucket list item? What's something on your bucket list that you want to accomplish? I honestly, I have dreams. I try not to have too much of a bucket list if I'm being honest, because I'm so grateful for everything I have in my life. And there are things that I, you know, I try to practice that non-attachment to those dreams that I talk mm -hmm. about. But if I had to venture out and call it a bucket list item, I would love to have a conversation with Oprah one day. She was very inspiring to me when I was growing up. So if I could sit and talk to Oprah, that would, I could die afterwards. That's right. The oh, I know, <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Mic drop. Yeah. Thank you. Thank exactly. you. Boom. <laughs> I'm done. Um, Jesse, if there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anyone out there who tuned in today for whatever reason, what would that be? I would say wherever you are right now in your life, just know that you're okay. You are walking the way, the Tao, and I say this in my epilogue, you are walking it whether you know it or not. Because there is no good or bad when it comes to energy, to God, to universe, to the Tao. There's no good or bad. Those are just impositions on isness that we as humans have put on our own experiences and journeys. Yep. So you know that wherever you are, no matter what level of life, whether you're struggling or soaring, it's all good and it has its purpose and you just got to keep walking. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that so much. And where can people find you? How can they follow you, the work you're doing, the creative spaces that you're in? So most often I'm on Instagram at Jesse Kanzer. That's my like go to, but I'm also on TikTok as at daily underscore Dow, daily Dow. But also if you go to my website, jessiekanzer.com, it takes you to all my various social, social. yeah, places at jessiekanzer on Instagram is my number one destination for social. Yeah. So when you're traveling on your exciting journeys today, you yes. can make a stop over at Jesse Kanzer on Instagram. That would be a lovely place for you to make a little stop on your daily travel list. But this has been incredible. This, you know, I, I'm ever grateful for the moments that I get to really learn. Like I said, it's probably the, the favorite parts of my day are when I can walk away from an experience and go, oh my gosh, whoa, 
that was that was some good new exciting information and energy that I can take with me and do some good with um and I hope I hope everyone has felt that way too you know either being reminded of something that you needed to be reminded of or taking in something new that maybe you needed to hear today and or maybe you need to share today with somebody who can use that energy but thank you so much for being here Jesse this was amazing Thank you so much for having me. And I always say that the best answers, the best speeches come from, from good questions and the right energy and you provide that. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you. This is my, this is my Zen. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. oh, I could tell. I'm I've calmed down. I feel more calm and centered just by talking to you. You bring <laughs> okay, you, good. You bring such as uh energy of centeredness. And I, I felt that as soon as you opened your mouth, I was like, wow, she, she's got it together. <laughs> Here with my cappuccino. Oh, so awesome. Jesse, thank you so much. Jesse Asia Kanzer. How cool is it that she's been in a movie with Vladimir Zelensky? What are the odds of that and him being such an amazing inspiration today and giving hope despite what we're experiencing in the world right now with the war? Jesse's story is magnificent, but more than that, her energy, her motivation, her determination to just learn and learn and learn. Uh, is certainly just given me so much energy and so much light today. And I'm, hello, hitting myself in the head <laughs> right now um, for anyone watching on YouTube. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the joys of being on video. That was like a blooper moment. Oh, man. Anyhow, I hope that one of the things that you took away from today's conversation is the power of stillness. Take a moment, take it now, take it today to be still and fully recognize that you are full, you are whole, and you do not lack. I know and acknowledge that it's easier said than done because we're always thinking like Jesse talked about of the next milestone or the next goal or the desire that we want to fulfill. But if you truly take in everything that you are, everything that you have, and everything that you are surrounded by and know that beauty is wholeness, that will give you some peace in in your day and some serenity or at least i certainly hope it does i appreciate you so much for being here i truly do this is a journey we are on it together we are learning together every single day and that is a beautiful thing every day is a gift and remember that you are your only limit so take action today be sure to follow or subscribe to the Born Unbreakable podcast if you haven't already and share it. Share it with somebody who needs to hear this inspirational message. Thanks again and tune in because we'll be here again in a couple days because that's what we do. Two episodes a week. All right. See you next time. <laughs>